0: now you you're in you're in this wheelchair because you sprained your ankle is that what you're telling me
1: yeah well i actually broke my foot
0: you broke your foot okay so, and then now i i've got to push you up this incredibly steep hill to that house on the top that's where, what you're telling me now
1: yeah i mean if you could that that would be a great help because obviously for reasons i can't do that myself okay so i'm
0: okay and you have to hold on to that box, but you can't tell me what's in the box, but it looks really big and heavy, and you've got to hold onto that while I push you.
2: Yeah,
1: well, if the box opens, then it'll ruin the surprise. Okay, here we go. All right. Okay. This is so... Okay. Do you do you want me to start uh, pulling the wheels a little bit so you don't have to how hold all the weight on your own?
0: Okay, no, you just sit there. That's fine. I'll just keep pushing. Okay.
1: This wow. Is steeper. This thing is rocky, man. I'm just bouncing oh, everywhere.
0: So rocky. Okay. And we're... Oh, not even halfway there. Oh, my
1: gosh. Okay. Oh, shit. The box almost opened.
0: Oh. oh, yeah. Don't let that open. Okay. Oh, we're so close. to this. Oh, uh, uh, And we're there. Oh, my gosh.
1: Uh, oh, my gosh. Man, um, this no box offense. just keeps getting heavier and heavier.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, no offense, but like you don't weigh as you look like you would not weigh as much as you do. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but like, yeah, anyway, but we're here. We're up here. And I guess I have to get you into the house somehow now correct yeah just
1: well go around the side and push me up the ramp there's a ramp okay thank you yeah for on that. the side there's a ramp okay okay so
0: here we go and I got you and we're it's a really bumpy ramp you didn't it's okay here we go and we're up the ramp yay I got all it.
1: right I got that's two for two oh,
0: wow okay so we are
1: in the house
0: all right I like I got you to work uh, out
1: all right, here here's this box. I mean, I just put it on the floor for now. All right, all right. Oh my okay, that box is cool. stupid heavy. Wow, it's
0: so heavy. Did you just bring like bricks with you? Uh, <laughs> you love, is that what you did? Just fill with bricks?
1: Uh, I don't know. You can you can open it in a few minutes, but first, uh, okay. let, here, put this VHS tape in.
0: All right, okay. Tape is in, and what we got here? Uh,
1: it's a surprise.
0: Okay, here we go.
1: All right, pop it in,
0: and hit play.
2: It began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. What was that? What's over there? that at me? Nobody knew who for what was responsible Come on. they only knew it had to be stopped now from the master of mystery and suspense <laughs> Stephen King's Silver Bullet
0: right, so apparently we are going to be talking about, judging from that trailer, Silver Bullet from 1985. Am I correct?
1: That is correct.
0: And then you just brought a big-ass box full of scented candles that is heavy as hell to set the mood.
1: Yeah, because, you know, what what way? I mean, I couldn't think of anything else aside from, like, a big box of Silver Bullets, but, you know, those things are hard to come by.
0: Yeah, of course they are. But not these. What do we have here? We've got uh, meatloaf scent, which I don't know where you found that. We have uh, pine scent, um, matted fur scent. Where did you get these things
1: from? Oh, there was a guy on the corner and I bought everything from the table that he had.
0: Yeah, clearly you did because you knew I'd be pushing you up
1: here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So are we ready to talk about this then?
1: Yeah, let's get into it.
0: All right. So before we like really get into this, do you care if I go out on a small tangent here? Go for it. Okay. So this movie was produced by Dino De
1: Laurentiis. Ah, yes. I am familiar with that person.
0: You are. Okay. Because I think we need to give this man some cred because if it were not for him, there's so many movies that have meant so much to me that we would not have. So Barbarella, does that mean anything to you?
1: Um, yes. Uh, actually only in name because I never saw it, but Duran Duran, one of my favorite eighties bands got their name from Barbarella. Yes.
0: Very good. That's the weird, weird, weird Jane Fonda one. Yeah. So behind that. He did uh, um, Al Pacino Serpico from the seventies.
1: Ooh, Serpico.
0: Mm-hmm. He did. Oh, the uh, Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lane, King Kong. Um. He did. Did you ever see lipstick with uh, Margo and Maryelle Hemingway?
1: No, I did not.
0: It's, it's, I like it. It's kind of a weird, kind of sleazy revenge film, but I like it. I like it very, very much. He also did Orca, the Killer Whale with Bo Derek. Okay, I did see that. Oh, I love Bo Derek. Yeah, and then from the 80s, he gave us Flash Gordon. He did Halloween 2, both the Conan movies. Um, Amityville 2, The Possession. I don't know if you're all in the Amityville movies.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen them all. (laughs) Oh, seriously? Yeah.
0: It just got cooler in my book.
1: Maybe Uh, not the newest one, but I have seen like the 80s ones. Okay, okay, cool, cool. And then uh, he also
0: did the Halloween 3 season, The Witch. I don't know if that means anything to you.
1: Yep, One More Day Till Halloween,
0: Silver Shamrock. Yep, Silver Shamrock. And then um, from the 90s, he gave us Army of Darkness.
2: Ooh. Um,
0: And then he did, did you ever see Bound with uh, Jennifer Tilly and, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Help me, she was in Showgirls. Uh, No, that doesn't
1: ring a bell. Oh, you would. I
0: think you might enjoy it. Um, it's kind of a like a film noir with lesbians. Um, oh, wait,
1: wait, wait. That okay? You're Gina you're... Gershon. Yes, Gina Gershon. Yes, I, Gershon. I have seen that movie actually.
0: And then he did the Body of Evidence Madonna movie from '92. Okay, didn't see that with Willem Dafoe. Oh, it's a weird one. But yeah, it, it's kind of like the whole like when like uh, Sliver and Basic Instinct and all those kind of like erotic thrillers were big. Okay. Yeah, but Madonna decides she needs to do that. So, um, and then he also was behind uh, a lot of Stephen King ones. Uh, he did Dead Zone, Firestarter, uh, Cat's Eye, Maximum Overdrive.
1: Sometimes they come back.
0: Tons of Stephen King ones.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah. we were just talking about a uh, Firestarter a couple days ago.
0: We were, yes, we were. And then um, in the 2000s, he did a lot of the uh, uh, Hannibal movies. Like he did Hannibal, Red Dragon, uh, Hannibal Rising. So he was pretty prolific in the uh, genre films. I guess I, so. Yeah, I just want to give him his due because I, I think we wouldn't have a lot of cool films if it wasn't for Mr. Dino Laurentis.
1: Probably not. No.
0: Oh, and he also did <laughs> Year of Living Game, uh, Year of the Dragon. Um, so i want to put that in there too.
1: Year of the Dragon. Year of the Dragon from 85. Okay, I didn't see that one. Okay.
0: All right. Anyway, so now we can move on. I just want to put that out there.
1: So we are covering
0: Silver Bullet. And what's that about, Rob?
1: Another werewolf movie. You guys are going to be so sick of us. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They
0: are. Especially since we're not wearing clothes again.
1: Yeah. We we are bald werewolves out in the wild.
0: Right. But at least we brought towels to sit on this time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we learned our lesson from sitting on that anthill from before. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> we did. We did learn our lesson. We did. Yes. Chiggers are no fun. <laughs> um, so, um, I like that the movie started with a full moon. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and I like that it started also with uh, within the first five minutes of decapitation.
0: Pretty cool. Yes, pretty cool. And the, I do like the whole voiceover thing we get from the, the the grown sister in the in the in the movie. She's actually younger, but it's like
1: the grown sister is is in, uh, conveying
0: the story a little bit,
1: Janie. Oh, you like that narration? I found that to take me out of the, like, out of the story as I was
2: watching really? it. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. No, see, I did like, there's something I really normally don't like, um, how do I explain it? Like, kind of, like, hokey, heartwarming kind of things, like, meant to tug at your heartstrings. A lot of times I'm like, oh, no, this is, like, too much for me. It's too saccharine. But this time, I, I really like it. I think it works very well.
1: Yeah, um, see, it reminded me of uh, Stand By Me. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I, totally I, it's like another Corey Feldman movie, which was Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. I get those mixed up all the time. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Um, are you more of a Feldman guy or a Haim guy or does it matter?
1: Uh, it depends on the film, I think. Like if I'm watching Lost Boys, then it's both Corey's, of course. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm more to go with like Corey Feldman from the '80s. Interesting. Okay,
0: interesting. I've got to admit, and I'm sure that this will cost us our one viewer or listener. There's a viewer that would be creepy because we're not.
1: Yeah, how are they watching us? Do, do they have like access to our webcams? I don't know. Well, there is
0: one other person in here who's not said boo. It's a little <laughs> smiley face. Anyway,
1: Um,
0: uh, I, I find Corey Haim um, his personality type less rating I know people are getting mad at me but uh there's something about Cory Feldman I just there's some I just oh I don't know I I could I can handle I think uh in large doses I can handle Corey Hayne more than I can Cory
1: Feldman <laughs> Okay yeah I can see that Even um, though Cory Feldman
0: was in Friday 13th part 4 but yeah
1: Yeah I re- I'm remembering uh Cory Feldman from Rock and Roll High School forever and oh. <laughs> just like that was that was like too much Nicolas Cage in one day, you know, Th- that that's
0: another person that would be easy to overdose on. I can see that, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it mm. does have the same kind of effect. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. OK, so I'm sorry.
0: So that but I can see what you're saying, too, with the voiceover. I can see where that like some people enjoy it. Some people wouldn't. I totally get where you're coming from. I don't mean to to negate that. And then, of course. Oh, wait. And then, of course, this was a. Uh, a uh like a kind of graphic novel novella um, cycle of the wolf by Stephen King.
1: Yeah. One that I have never read. As a matter of fact, I've read a lot of Stephen King books and stories, Mm -hmm. but this is one that I've never come across.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. I think you would like it. If you can read.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure if I can read. I think I tried it once before.
0: It's pretty boring, isn't it?
1: Yeah. There's so many words. It's like, where are the pictures? I want pictures.
0: Actually, this one is picture, so you'd be okay with it. Oh, okay.
1: Cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a graphic novel.
0: Yes, yes. I think you'd be okay with it. And then <laughs> uh, the only the only thing I can really tell movie-wise that the gentleman did, his name's Daniel Tayus, A-T-T-I-A-S. He did this movie and then everything else was like TV shows. Like, you know, one or two episodes of different TV shows. Popular TV shows, but really no other films. Um, so, but now, okay, wait, I, I needed to talk about this too. Apparently, um, Don Cascarelli was attached to this for a little bit, but he didn't get along with Mr. De
1: Laurentiis. Who's Don Cascarelli?
0: Don Cascarelli, I'm going to say this, you're telling you, what I'm talking about. He is the director of like Phantasm, Bubba Hotep, uh, Beastmaster. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. And apparently, they just did not see eye to eye, so he stepped away from the project. Huh yeah imagine how different the film would be, because he had to me, he has a very um very uh particular um sensibility to his films. Yeah, I what this would be like. like. not that I don't like the movie. I love this movie, but I wonder what Don Coscarelli's silver Bullet would have been like.
1: Yeah, when you Woman bring up things that. like Phantasm and Beastmaster, I'm thinking more surrealistic and kind of almost uh dreamlike
0: exactly yeah exactly exactly yes yeah it just makes you wonder but anyway so sorry um yeah so um yeah we've got the uh we got the beheading of of uh an intoxicated man um but the the uh, town folk just think that he was a little uh tipsy and he got ran over by a train
1: Mm, yeah which is strange considering that do you think they had uh, CSI back in those days? I don't think they did. I think
0: it was just a small town. They're like, oh, it's okay. He was drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're Like, well, his head was clearly punched off, you know? <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And then, yeah. So, and then um, I do like the like little small town atmosphere of this film
1: yeah it seemed yeah. a little country for me in some ways because like where stephen king films take place mostly in maine this one seemed like it was in the deep south a little bit mm-hmm. yeah uh,
0: see now again it's what you bring to the table but that really appealed to me because it reminded me a lot of like when i would spend summers with my grandparents down in the country and that kind of thing it, it kind of made me reminisce about that oh okay. yeah a very small town very country um so the day after the murder, we were at the, uh, takers mills festival. And then in my notes, I just put down Americana, Americana, apple pie, right? Apple pie. Yeah. And then that's where we are, um, introduced to the woman who's doing the voiceover. We get Janie and, uh, Marty. And then Janie is played by,
1: um, uh, Uh, her last name is follows i believe
0: yep megan follows who i i will be totally honest with you i love this actress like i really think she should have done a lot more um the only thing that i was really familiar with is she did an episode of facts of life and an episode of the x-files you and your facts of life addiction oh i love the facts (laughs) of life i love the facts of life but yeah um i i i love her in this movie like i think she makes this movie um but apparently there were talks about Jennifer Connelly playing this part. Jennifer
1: Connolly Oh yeah. Okay. She sounds familiar. Okay. And so
0: she was did you see Labyrinth with David Bowie.
1: Oh my goodness. One of my favorite David Bowie films. Seriously. Okay. So that she was the
0: girl in Labyrinth and she also did. And I love phenomenon. She was in phenomenon. Um, the Argento movie, he actually wrote the part for her, but yeah, so they wanted her. And I, I Jennifer Connelly. Don't get me wrong, but I just, to me, no one else could play this role because I love this actress in this role so much. To me, it was just, it was kismet that she got this part.
1: Just, Interesting, just, because it, she does not look, well, of course, she's much, much younger before Labyrinth and everything, but I mean, she does not look like the same person that I saw in Labyrinth.
0: Yeah, no, I just, yeah, in my mind, i just like, no, it, it has to be, um, it has to be Megan followed. I just, she's perfect. And then, of course, uh, the whole reason we're talking about the uh, Corey's. Is because we have uh, Corey Hain as Marty, and then Marty, of course, uh, is in a wheelchair.
1: And did uh, you? Um, I'm just want to go, go. A stray Sorry. up topic a little bit. But their their last name is Koslaw or something. And Coslo. Oh, because W. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so I'm I'm reading it as Coleslaw. And I was like, why the <laughs> hell is somebody going to be named Coleslaw?
0: <laughs> and they, well, it was like, oh, was it the Hatfields and McCoys? And they had a big riff with the Relish family. So it was the Coleslaw and the Relish family. I <laughs> <laughs> all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just had to go off topic a bit. for No, a moment. you're fine. No, no, you're fine. Um,
0: and then we know Mr. Haim from, of course, Lost Boys, like we were talking about. I don't know if we recorded that part or not, but yeah, he was in Lost Boys 1 and 2. Um, did you ever see the second one, The Tribe? I didn't. I saw the third one, the thirst. Oh, okay. All right.
1: And then he was in Watchers. Did you ever see Watchers from eighty eight? Watchers, watchers. Is that the alien one? Yeah, I want to think so. Or not know. alien, but they were mutants, right? Yes, yeah, right.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: Okay, yes. yeah, I did see that.
0: Okay. And then um now I'm pretty sure you said you you you've seen the Wishmasters, correct?
1: Oh yes, definitely. Okay.
0: So he was a Wishmaster too. Um he was a burglar, uncredited, I think. Wow, um, I
1: did not even know that.
0: Yeah, and then, um, I see, I love the Batman
1: movies, and he was in Batman and Robin uncredited
0: as a biker game.
1: Okay, wow. Yeah. So he did some stuff even after the child acting period. He did, he did.
0: But now, okay, so since we're talking about, because there's apparently a lot of people that they were in talks of having other people play these parts, you know, for a little bit, but apparently Gary Coleman from Different Strokes, they were talking about him.
1: No freaking way.
0: Apparently he was he was just so he could say what you talking about werewolf. What you t- <laughs> No, that's a lie. I just wanted to say that. Uh, but no, the other two it was really true about Don Coscarelli and Jennifer Connelly. But I totally made up the Gary Coleman. But wouldn't that be amazing?
1: That would have been something. But I think it might have been a bit too on the nose if they actually got Gary Coleman in a wheelchair, considering that he's got like some or he had some kind of genetic disorder that made him that short.
0: Well, that's true. It's almost like
1: Emmanuel hear- Lewis playing a, a crippled kid.
0: Oh, Emmanuel. But I
1: still want to hear him say what you're talking about, werewolf. <laughs> and the werewolf goes, "Rar, rar." <laughs> what you talking about, werewolf?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for humoring me on that one. Um, and if people other people want to propagate this lie and make it truth, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, let's uh let's make it happen. Let's make it
0: happen. So anyway, so they're at the um festival. And of course, uh, she you've got this this whole like brother sister dynamic, which I am not familiar with because I'm an only child, but she calls him booger quite a bit. Um, And we're also introduced to his friend, Brady. Marty's got a friend, Brady.
1: (laughs) Total
2: douche.
0: (laughs) Yeah, awful. Um, And then, of course, the preacher is giving a talk up there. And uh, are you familiar with the the man who's playing the reverend?
1: Uh, Everett McGill. Yeah. Are
0: you
2: not,
1: familiar with Mr. McGill? Not too familiar. I'm going to have to do a
0: little.
2: A okay, little I see. There's,
0: no, there's one thing I really want to talk to you about, but let me, I'll go into my little spiel here. Um, there's a movie that I like, love that no one probably in the world has seen. It's got Debbie Harry from Blondie in it called Union City from 1980. Wow. Okay. No, didn't see that. I okay, love that one. But he was also in Quest for Fire from 81. The, the, uh, Caveman movie. Okay, I did see that. With Ray Don Chong, yeah. I don't think there's any any like spoken words whatsoever in that one, if I remember right. Um he did uh he worked with David Lynch a lot. He did Dune, and of course he was in Twin Peaks as big Ed Hurley. Huh. Now, did you ever see Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs? I did, yeah. Okay, so he was in that, and what's cool about that is his wife in there, um, the actress name is, is Wendy Robbie or Robie R-O-B-I-E. But that same actress played his wife in Twin Peaks as well, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's another movie. It's kind of obscure, but it's really, I find fascinating. It's called Iguana from 1988. Film fans should check this one out because it's very weird, very quirky, but I recommend it. But now what I want to talk to you about is there was a TV series, which I knew nothing of. It ran from 87 to 88 and was called Werewolf. Does this mean anything to you? Oh, shit. Was it on Fox? Maybe. I don't know what station played it, but I, I don't know about it. But We both have this infinity affinity for werewolves.
1: And I was wondering if you knew about this. I think. OK, so I'm going to take you back in time a little bit. I was about 10 or 11 years old. And okay. my one of my best friends was into werewolves so much. And he actually when I would spend the night over, we would go to his grandmother's house and spend the night. We would watch horror movies all the time. So this silver bullet was one of those horror movies, and then, if I'm not mistaken, that uh that fall is when a werewolf show came out on TV, and it was about this guy who had like he did have an eye patch over his eye, okay um and he also had like a a devil star carved into his hand or something, and that was supposed to be like the werewolf curse mark. Um, oh okay. Yeah. So I think that's the show that you're talking about.
2: Ooh,
0: I want to know if I can find this somewhere because I would love to see it, especially because it was just on for one season. So I could easily like, you know, kind of binge watch it real quick in a night or whatever.
1: Yeah. We used to like oh, every week we would just gather together over his house and just watch that show.
0: Oh, that's cool. That That's awesome. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. We were like. Just weird kids, man, who are into werewolves and everything.
0: No, that's all. See, I wish I had someone like that. I had my cousins, but I only saw them like, you know, like on holidays or over the summer. But I really didn't have someone else like that in my life, really, until I got like, maybe like in high school.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. That's
0: really cool. Um, Oh, shoot. I want to say something, but it's gone. It'll come back to me. Anyway. um, It's gone. Oh, no. I remember what I was going to say. This has nothing to do with this, but it's about werewolves. Um does werewolf by night mean anything to you? The
2: mm.
1: Marvel Comics? No. Oh yeah, it did it oh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but it, it was originally on the Fox network during 1987-88 oh.
0: Okay, good. So you found it was the Fox one. So it's exactly the one you were talking about.
1: Yes, that's the one.
0: Oh cool, good, good, good. All right, cool. So I really do want to find this. But then Werewolf by Night, the Marvel Comics, does that mean anything to you? No, I don't think I ever read that. Oh, okay. So the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because on the Disney Plus, they have a standalone like movie. It's not a, not a show, but they have the Werewolf by Night um, movie. And I just want to put that out there in case you had access to that or anything. I thought you might want to watch it. Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't really, I'm not into Disney Plus too much. Okay. um, No, nor
0: am I, but I'm in, I'm totally into Werewolf by Night. Okay. Which then I also, I think we need to get this out there. Thanks to 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 our friend Bobby, um, we were talking about um, Spider Man. Oh right, right. Craven is the name that we could not think of. And then I was li- I was actually listening to the to our Howling episode, and it just came to me clear as day. We were in the car, Walt and I. And I'm like, it's Craven. I like, but when we were talking about, it, I could not think of the man's name. But, right, you know,
1: the, the same eye. That that's who it was. I drew a complete blank, and then <laughs> a few days later. Um, first I wasn't even, I think I was playing a Spider-Man game actually. And I was like, Craven, <laughs> what the
0: hell? Yeah. Same thing. I'm like, it's Craven. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah.
0: So now we're back on track. I'm so sorry for that whole tangent thing. Um, and then I guess what's also important about the scene that we were in is the, the, uh, Brady and Marty find a snake and, um, they're, teasing Janie with it and they actually ruin her pantyhose and she gets all muddy and she runs off because she's mad and where she's run off to gives her basically like a, she's privy to this couple's fight and it's a um, woman who's with child and she's kind of like confronting the, the, the husband, the, uh, the man who's gotten her pregnant, telling her that she's pregnant and he's having none of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to talk about that because it's going to come into play later, but we got to talk about that character. So, so Janie overhears this woman upset about being pregnant and the man not taking responsibility for her pregnancy. Okay. So you good if we move on? Yep. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, and then, so then we get the, uh, the family in the car and then, um, the, okay. Now I I don't want to like offend anybody, but this movie throws the word cripple around like right and left. Like they refer to Marty as a cripple, like, constantly. Oh yeah. And then so, you know, uh Janie's still upset about Marty and what happened and uh mom's taking his side and you know Janie's upset about it. And and you know to add uh what is it, uh uh, uh to add insult to injury when they get home Janie's the one who has to help Marty into his wheelchair and back in the house. And then that's when we find out that Uncle Red's going to come over, Uncle Red is going to come over for a visit. Right, Marty we excited. Oh at, go ahead go, at Rob. this
1: point we don't know who uncle red is but no do you want
0: to know who they wanted uncle red to be and this is not a joke they wanted john candy for a little bit really that would have changed the whole dynamic of, nothing against john candy but that, that would have the whole dynamic of this film
1: oh yeah that would have made it a comedy 100% yeah
0: to me that yeah to me that would have changed everything about this movie yeah uh, no offense like i have nothing against john candy at all but it just would have changed the
1: dynamics. I love John Candy and his movies were great. Um, But I don't think he would have been the right fit for this type of film. I think Gary Busey was a primo choice.
0: Well, but so for the alternate reality, I do want Don Coscarelli to have directed Jennifer Connelly. John Candy and Gary Coleman in his silver bullet. <laughs> <laughs> that would have
1: been a, a surreal type of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: anyway, I had to get that out there because I was just like, what? Like I, when Walt was telling me that, because he always looks up the trivia while we're watching this. And he's the one told me about all, like everyone being cast. Okay. You know, one and everything. I'm like, I can't wrap my mind around that. But anyway, yeah. So, um, and then this is where like Janie's like, well, he's getting another divorce and he's a chronic drunk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and then it's like oh gary Busey makes sense now okay
0: yeah yeah so again to me no one but gary Busey could play uncle red no um, i don't think so i wouldn't have believed it no i wouldn't have either no 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 i would not but he just sells uncle red so while we're here um gary Busey, uh he was in i I doubt you've seen this but i'm gonna put that out there uh the 76 the stars born with barbara streisand nope <laughs> He was in that one. Uh, Did you ever see, now this is going back to our fun house, but did you ever see the movie Carney with Jodie Foster?
1: No, I didn't.
0: He was in Carney. It's not a horror movie, but you know, it's got the word Carney in it. Uh, He of course did Predator 2, which I really like. I know a lot of people aren't fans of Predator 2, but I like Predator 2.
1: I'm a huge fan of Predator 2.
0: Oh, yay you. Good, good. Um, Yeah, I know there's a reason we hang out. Yeah. Um, He he did uh, Lost Highway, the David Lynch film. Okay, I did
1: see that. That was with uh, Kiefer Sutherland.
0: Yeah, he lost. Yes. Now, did you ever see <laughs> the Ginger Dead Man? No. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a full moon, uh, full moon film. He did that one. Um, he did shoot two Sharknado movies. Um, number four, the Fourth Awakens, and then he did. Uh, the, I think it's the last one. It's about time.
1: Wasn't um, uh, wasn't Gary Busey in one of the Lethal Weapon films too? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So when I do this. These are films that I've seen that I recommend for some reason or another. If I've not seen it, I don't put it on my list.
1: Oh, I see. All right. Yeah.
0: So, yes. Yeah, he did do. But I know when I was looking through, I saw The Lethal Weapon. Yes, he did. Yeah. I use this as like an excuse for me to recommend other films that we might not otherwise talk about. <laughs> okay. And then he, of course, did Piranha 3 D.
1: Oh, that was with uh, Ving Rhames and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, where Ving so Rames loses, he's he loses his uh, legs to the piranhas, and then he when he comes back, he's got metal legs. I think that's the second one, right?
0: Because this is a not piranha three D, the three double D.
1: Okay, the three double D. Uh, that means Ving Rames already has his metal legs in this right, one. Right, Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyway, so that's Uncle Red, and he's coming for a visit. All right. So and now this, I thought this was very sweet. So that night, Marty leaves money uh, for Janie to buy new to to buy new legs, pantyhose. I know, right? Do you remember legs? Oh, I do. So the cool thing about them is, so these were pantyhose folks and they came in like plastic
1: eggs and the eggs were different colors. And I love the shit out of those things. And we used to put the pantyhose over our faces and run around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do that. I just liked the eggs because I would put things in them. Like I would use them as like space shuttles from like my Star Wars toys. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like the egg would land and it would open and like Leia would come out and then like R2D2 would have his own little egg to land on Hawk, which was just a styrofoam box I had gotten from somewhere. Oh,
1: shit. That's cool, man.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And then uh, so uh, Uncle Red shows up and uh, it's. uh, It's going to be a fun time because he and his wife, no, he and his uh, uh, sister, um, their mom, they they don't really quite get along. Anyway, that'll come into play later.
1: And it's weird how in the 80s, you could just like sit there drinking a bottle of wild turkey in front of a kid.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was parenting and and relationships and stuff. Yeah. 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 And just (laughs) playing cards. cards. (laughs) Right, right. Well, I told you about, I think I told you about this before, but like my mom and my aunt and uh, my uh, grandfather, and then, well, they always, you know, one more person, so they drag another adult into their Canasta games, but they were all smokers. And like you go in the room and like through your tears, all you could see was like the bottom part, like them holding cards, but you didn't know who was where because there was so much smoke from their cigars and cigarettes that just like covered their shoulders on upwards.
1: Well, I do remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Oh, my
0: gosh. It was miserable. Anyway, so the whole reason I mentioned the woman who was pregnant is because that plays into our new scene coming up.
1: And it looks like she's taking multivitamins. Yeah. She's got a bunch of pills. And
0: downstairs is her mom playing, bringing in the sheep, which I thought was great on the piano. And so she's getting ready. She's basically going to overdose. She wants to commit suicide about the whole pregnancy thing.
1: And, and she, she said, I know I'm going to hell, and I'm going to hell even more because I'm with child.
0: Right, exactly. Right, exactly. And then so <laughs> the werewolf, I love the points of view of the werewolf. We get that a lot in here, like the killer's or the werewolf's POV point mm-hmm. of view. And so he's climbing up the little trellis, and uh, the mom's playing her piano. And then, like, he breaks in. Okay. So he breaks into uh, the upstairs bedroom, and the mom's downstairs. And she's kind of like the father from uh, Rawhead Rex, like her reaction time (laughs) is so long. It is.
1: It really is.
0: Yeah, so she grabs the gun and the the werewolf is like shredding this this pregnant woman to pieces upstairs. And like, even when she gets to the bedroom door, she doesn't even open it right away. She like leans against a little bit to listen. I'm like, there's harm being done to your daughter on the other side that it's not debatable. You can hear this. But eventually she gets inside and her daughter's just like a bloody mess there on the bed.
1: Yeah. Now I'm kind of wondering, um, because she did take the pills before the werewolf came in and did his job with her. So is mm-hmm. that like a murder-suicide kind of thing?
0: Oh, on the woman's part? Yeah. I, but it was preempted, wasn't it? Because she didn't. Well, well, she, because the pills didn't hit
1: yet. Okay. But she still had Pardon. the pills in her body, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't that 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 kind of didn't sit right with me. I was like, okay, so she's already started to kill herself, and then the werewolf climbs in her window. <laughs> and it was like a
0: get out of jail free card, I guess, on her part.
1: Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe so Jesus then, will let her in the pearly gates.
0: Right, right, right. We'll keep. I mean, hold that thought because that really does kind of come into play a little bit later if you think about it.
1: Ah, yes. Yes. Do you agree? I agree.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, so it's a new day. We got the sheriff's office and our sheriff is, um, let's see here. Uh, sheriff Joe Holler and that's played by Terry O'Quinn.
1: Yes. And uh, I remember him most from, I saw him a lot on lost as John Locke. Okay. One of my favorite characters on lost actually. All right. That's what I remember him most from.
0: Okay. And then now I know him from like several things. He was in both the stepfather movies. Did you ever see those? I might've seen one. Okay. I, I love the stepfather movies. It's a really cool concept. I eventually want to play that out someday where I just invade different families and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that really bad. That's you shouldn't,
1: reliable. you know, this is, this is being recorded. You shouldn't be talking about this right tell now. People.
0: Yeah, what is what's that thing where you make the board and you put up different things you want to achieve in your life? I've got that on my board.
1: Like a vision board or something. A vision board. <laughs> that's part of my vision
0: board. Exactly. Um, and then there's another one called Pin that he was in. It's hard to find, but it's so super creepy. Um, that's also from 88. Or that is from 88, not also. That's from 88. It was basically he did stepfather and then pin fits in the middle of between stepfather and stepfather two. Make room for daddy, which I love that one. Um he was in The Rocketeer. Did you ever see The Rocketeer?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Oh, okay. Um, and then he, of course, did an Amityville movie, Amityville, A New Generation. Uh, he did. Now, are you a Tales from the Crypt fan? I am. Okay, so he did one episode of that in 94. Um, are you an X-Files guy?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Oh, okay. So he was, all, he was in the X-Files movie, um, and then...
1: Um, Which one? I don't remember him being in the X-Files film. Uh, the one from 98. Okay. No, I don't recall him there. Okay. So you're not a fan. Um, oh, <laughs> um, that stings. And then, yeah,
0: <laughs> and then I, I'm pretty sure that Chris Carter and, um, uh, and, uh, David Duchovny are on their way right now to tear up your card in front of you.
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then now were you a millennium fan? The spinoff one with Lance Hendrickson? Oh, I love that. Okay. So he, he did 41 episodes as, um, Peter Watts on that one.
1: Why do I not remember
0: him except for Lost? I think they probably, I think the Men in Black erased your memory of, of
1: Millennium. They might have, because they that have is so bad. Him. I used to love watching that. I was oh, like, yeah. it was so sick and twisted. Wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Apparently, uh, I, I
0: was listening to something, uh, a podcast, and they were saying that, like Lance Hendrickson, like, really had a hard time, like, letting that character go at home.
2: And Holy like, it shit. really,
0: really bothered his wife quite a bit.
1: I can believe it because Yeah. I mean, yeah. Lance Henriksen is a good actor and he right, really made yeah. that believable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um and I, I, I want to do this really quick just to get this out of the way. Um the 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 uh parents, the, the Coleslaw parents, um Jane is the mother, and that's um no, I lied. Nan is the mother and the actress is Robin Graves. Um the two things I know are from, she was from the nesting. From eighty one, did you ever see that horror movie? They nest or the nesting? The nesting.
1: No, didn't see that.
0: Okay, we might could cover that at some point in time because that would that would definitely count as a creature feature. And then she did Sliver, um, the one with the uh, the not the not cute Baldwin. Um, so it's not Alec, and it had uh, is another one of those erotic thrillers with uh, Sharon Stone from
1: ninety three. Okay, I probably didn't see that then.
0: The one with the apartment building where there's like uh, someone's like they've got all the different. Uh, units hooked up with cameras so they can watch them and then there's like a murder in the building
1: nope did definitely did not see that okay and the
0: dad is played by uh leon uh russum r-u-s-s-o-m R-U-S-S-S-O-M. he did a tales from the dark side uh he was in double dragon the movie
1: wow that was so long ago
0: so long ago 94 to be exact um he did two episodes of the x-files apparently he was doctor or i'm sorry detective miles in that and then, get this, he was in a quiet place. He played the man in the woods. The screaming man in the woods? I'm assuming so. Yeah,
1: that's who I'm thinking it was. Yeah, because there was only one man in the woods, I think. Yeah, other than John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And now I, I got them out of the way, so yeah. Okay, so now we're back. Um, uh, so it is, oh, so it's a new day. Uh, we're in the sheriff's, sheriff's office. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, New Day. Um, basically, we're at the bar and we've got the Andy guy trying to rile everybody up about how bad the sheriff is at his job.
1: Yeah, to which I was actually thinking that the uh, the trooper sitting, you know, opposite him at the table was the, the guy devil. he was talking about, but then I was yeah. like, oh, never mind, he's not talking about him,
0: right? Right, right, yeah. Um, and then, uh, that's when we see the bartender with his bat called the Peacemaker. The
1: Peacemaker, yeah.
0: We have to mention that because the Peacemaker will come into play later on. That
1: is a huge foreshadowing right there. Huge
0: foreshadowing, yeah. But this Andy guy, this Mr. like uh, Feces Disturber, he's played by Bill Smitrovich. And um, in my notes, I just have Hateful Vigilante. Russian uh, Spy. Right, yeah. He, right. Uh, he was in Splash the big daryl hannah tom hanks film oh shit and then uh,
1: again he
0: was in millennium he did 11 episodes um and then he was also in the phantom with billy zane i don't know if you ever saw that one
1: no i didn't okay. see that
0: one yeah and then uh so um uh, then we're back uh with marty again and he's at school and he's he's uh going home on his cherry bomb his, his wheelchair he calls it the cherry bomb and he's trying very hard to uh, impress um, Tammy.
1: I love her. that. I love that wheelchair, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. There, there's some pretty tricked out wheelchairs in this in this movie. Um, and the actress is played by Heather Simmons. And I really didn't find anything that I was familiar with her. So that's I just wanted to give a shout out to Heather. Um, oh, and actually a shout out to Brady. Brady Kincaid was played by Joe Wright. And again, I didn't find anything by this actor. So apparently he's not talented enough to work. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh no, I'm joking. <laughs> um but no, he apparently uh uh Tammy is pretty sweet on Marty and, and they're kind of a cute little couple. And um she's she was saying that she's glad that he uh came home with her because they have to go past the 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 house where the uh pregnant lady was murdered. And then uh uh Tammy mentions that she hears noises coming from the greenhouse outside of her uh
1: home. And that is one creepy looking greenhouse.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. So now, okay, so let me, t- let me do this. And then we'll go back to that. So then her dad, you know, her, her grumpy dad is out there and, and he's like, you know, get in here. Cause like, she needed to set the table or something. And he's like, you know, he, he refers to Marty's a damn cripple. And then, uh, he's saying that they would be better off just to electro- electrocute all of them and then, uh, balance the budget by doing so So we all <laughs> automatically know this man's awful. Um, So why do you think they have a greenhouse?
1: Uh, My initial thought was that he could grow marijuana there.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He does not seem, and I know this is like, you can't judge a book by the cover, but he did not seem like a greenhouse type of man to me.
1: No, he didn't.
0: But when we see it later, there's like a lot of like different types of things in there. Do you think? And you don't have to agree with me. This is just because I do stuff like this. I come up with all these backstories and stuff that really isn't necessary. Do you think that this was their livelihood? Like, do you think he maybe had like a nursery of some sorts?
1: Maybe because, I mean, it did look dilapidated. But then when you get on the inside, it's like it's covered with all these exotic looking plants and everything.
0: Yeah, I was just wondering because he did not seem like the kind of person that would be into this. And I, was there a mom in the picture?
1: Uh, If there was, we, we didn't see her.
0: Yeah. So we didn't see the mom. So in my mind, I'm just like, I wonder if this is livelihood, like if there's somehow he, this is what he sells to make a living. I don't know. I was just going there and I was just one, I really just wanted your opinion and your thoughts on this. Okay. We can move on. Um, And then on the way after, you know, like Marty sees Tammy home, he is running uh, low on gas. Or the cherry bomb so he's got to stop at virgil's service for gas and we get the little cute exchange between him and the, the gas station attendant like you know, when we check the oil and do the windshield and stuff and all that yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway but i do like how uh, to me um and i'm certainly not speaking for you rob but i think um this is a very well crafted movie that they, they they drop lots of little seeds and things they um will be will come into play later hmm Absolutely, I really like that. I think it's a very well thought out script.
1: There's certainly a lot of, okay, it's an hour and a half movie, but they do a shit ton of character development in this movie.
0: Without making you feel like you're sitting through a lot of character development.
1: Right. Because you immediately hate the girl's father because he's a dickhead. Oh yeah. It's like, you know, it doesn't take much. It's, you know, a few choice words here and there. And uh, poof, there it is. It's like, okay, I I can't stand this guy.
0: Right. I immediately thought if he showered and shaved and dressed differently and didn't open his mouth, I might date him for a little bit. But, (laughs) um, (laughs) But yeah, it's, I mean, this could have easily gone a different way where there was so much like heavy character development at the front of the movie and no action where you were just like, oh are we ever going to see the werewolf right. they do a good, a good job of like kind of peppering the attacks throughout all of
2: this.
1: Yeah. And like, that's what made it good. It's like when, when the big payoff actually does happen, it doesn't feel like it, it wasn't worth
2: it.
0: Right. It, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. All right. So yes, yeah, we are. It sounds like we're on the same page with this. One. If you know, it's good for you. <laughs> if you know, what's good for you. <laughs> So that night, and this is kind of what you were alluding to earlier, I believe, but that night we we do have drunk Busey uh playing cards with with uh, Marty. And it's clear that mom is not a fan of this particular version of her brother.
1: No, and not the you know, swearing like a sailor. No, yeah. <laughs> I put down in my notes mom's pompous. Mom's pompous. <laughs> I um, put down in my notes I want I want a um I want Gary Busey as an uncle red.
0: Oh, everyone needs a drunkle like that. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cause you could tell, like, you can totally tell like Marty, like really looks up to this guy. And mm-hmm. I think that was part of mom's issue. Cause she's like, you know, he's impressionable. He looks up to you. And then he feels badly seeing you get drunk like this. And then you just, uh, like she alludes to like, he just kind of like comes and goes in the, in Marty's life. You know, right. he's not like, uh, 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 uh a constant in his life. Um, But you also get the impression that like, it's not a one way road. Like red really does think the world of Marty. Oh,
1: absolutely. He loves that boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can totally tell. Um, And then now we're back at um, Tammy's house with her awful dad. And the first thing I wrote is gay porn question mark. Gay porn. I don't
1: know. What were you seeing? I'm not sure I was seeing the same thing. (laughs) He was just watching wrestling. Oh, okay. Yeah. NWA. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And then um, basically it was like gateway porn when I couldn't watch porn is what wrestling was. (laughs) (laughs) Gateway porn. I love it. But anyway, so like, again, like, you know, again, they like set the stuff up and Tammy, like earlier, she's like, I hear stuff in the shed or in the greenhouse. And then dad hears something out there. So he grabs a gun And uh, he heads out to that shed.
1: Drunk as a skunk, I might add. Drunk
0: as a skunk, yep. And then, so now, so things are kind of like rattling around out there. And he's got his his gun and he's like perusing the thing. Um, Now, I want to ask you, um,
1: he picks up a green sweater with his gun. Did you notice this? Mm, No, I was actually, the first thing I noticed was the werewolf under the floorboards.
0: Okay, so that right before that he picks up a green sweater. And I wanted to ask you, because I'm like, does this mean something? Like I, I was huh. trying to remember, did the pregnant woman have on a green sweater? I I couldn't remember. I did or was it just like Tammy's green sweater? I wanted to know if it was important and I missed something and if you caught on to it. Okay, so I was just curious.
1: Yeah, no, I did not catch on to that.
0: Yeah. So right after the green sweater comes the eye you were talking about, which I thought was super creepy that, that the werewolf is underneath the
1: floorboard. Yeah, how the hell did he get under the floor? I
0: don't know. And I'm like, don't you get dirt in your eyes?
1: <laughs> around in the like that? Yeah, when somebody walks ab- across your yeah. face, you know.
0: And then I totally thought this was a missed opportunity to have the dad in nothing but a bathrobe. Because that would have been a Primo, like, up the robe shot. <laughs> <laughs> pervert, pervert alert. Pervert alert. Um, but we did get a jump scare with a spider. Cause this movie does have a couple jump scares in it.
1: Yeah. That was a stupid jump scare. I mean, that would have scared oh, yeah. me when I was still having arachnophobia days, but like when I watched it again last night, I was like spider. Right. Whatever. Right. You you've
0: moved on. <laughs> and then I put pot shooter because he shoots the clay
1: pot. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And then now what did you think of the actual attack?
1: Ah, oh, yeah. I'm trying to like. I'm very ambivalent about that. The actual attack, because it was, I okay. One of my favorite parts. He gets pulled in, pulled through the floor. I thought yes. that was great. And then okay. the impalement with the floorboard yes. was like the icing on the cake. Yes,
0: but to me, that was very Italian. Like, okay, we got this sharp chunk of wood, and you're going to get put on
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but then uh, the thing that I had an issue with was the was the presentation of the werewolf. I was like, I was expecting howling type werewolves and this thing. um, I, It just didn't really do it for me at first. And apparently uh producer De Laurentiis was very unhappy with the werewolf as well. He exactly. was
0: Exactly. Dis- okay. So go. Okay. Go yeah. for it. So <laughs> now,
1: why did you not, I'm
0: not, I'm not challenging you. I just want to know now, why did you not like the werewolf?
1: Oh, uh, it looked very fake. And not only that, but it was kind of a mishmash of the Wolfman from, like, maybe Teen Wolf. Okay. Um, and then an actual, like, dog shape. Okay. And All right. It, it just didn't make sense to me at first. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm so not challenging you. I just
0: wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He, now, this one really did, I, now this might be a hot take, but this one actually does not bother me nearly as much, I can't believe I'm going to say this, is the one in American Werewolf.
1: Really? See, I haven't seen American Werewolf in London in a very long time. So when we cover that, then uh, I'll let you know how I feel about that.
0: We can get into it more, but this one doesn't really bother me that much.
1: Um,
0: But I totally get where you're coming from. I'm not negating your opinion whatsoever. Okay. Um, I guess what bothered me with this one, the fact that we didn't see Tammy's mom. Again, this kind of goes back to like the whole funhouse thing. Okay, this was loud. There was a gunshot. Did Tammy go out to investigate? Like, is she okay? I was worried. I was concerned for Tammy's well-being.
1: Yeah, like this. And then we're going back to, was there an actual mother in the picture?
0: Yeah, is now Tammy like an orphan. You know, did she turn to prostitution? Um, (laughs) I mean, I, I went all, I went the gamut, you know.
1: Yeah, did she move to L.A. to become yeah, uh, she, an adult yeah, film she, star? Like, exactly.
0: Right. Yeah. Where Where did her life take her?
1: Yeah, that's I,
0: that's the movie I want next.
1: Anyway. Well, I think uh, that that following along with that, that's that's where Showgirls comes in,
0: or at least Angel. Did you see the Angel series? Uh, no,
1: I don't believe I did.
0: Oh my God, Rob, are you serious? The, oh, you need these in your life. There's like four of them, but don't mess with the fourth one because it's really not the same character. But this girl's mom just leaves and she's like a like like a really good student. But her mom left her with like one hundred dollars. So she's like a high school student by day and a streetwalker by night, which I know the correct term is sex worker. But this is like the way they marketed it back then. And uh, her name is Angel. And uh, yeah, it's like the most bizarre, weird, kind of sleazy 80s movie. But there's, they made like, like I said, four of them. But you need to see the Angel movie before you die
1: <laughs> wow okay i can add that to my list that's ever growing ever growing yes
0: anyway yeah so so poor tammy anyway i hope i actually hope her wife her wife her life did work out for her and her wife is okay
2: <laughs> yes Now suddenly i've made her a <laughs> <married. laughs>
0: oh which would be a big letdown for marty because she strung him along all this time
1: right i know she gave him that kiss and everything
0: i know screw her. Anyway, now, so we're moving on. Okay, so now we, we get these scenes where, like, the town's observing the curfew, and then, you know, the mayor asks the sheriff if, if there's any leads in the murder, and Andy's putting his little gun sale sign up, and the town's, like, scared, like like the mom brings her kid inside, and the one lady rushes in. You know, the, the town is clearly living in fear. Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody, it, it seems like they were locking their doors and closing their shutters at night and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then so I, this next scene, I really want to dissect, dissect it with you because it's the kite scene. Oh, OK. So are you ready? Are you sitting down? Do you have a drink? Do you have an empty bladder?
1: I am ready.
0: OK, so there's a lot to unpack with this one. So it, it, it begins and Marty is up a tree with a kite. So this whole time he's been pretending to be crippled. What?
1: Yeah, that begs. How the hell did he climb that friggin' tree?
0: Yeah, so Marty's legs work and he's just like a shyster.
2: Yeah. So
0: I think he's doing this to like cash in on probably the Make-A-Wish Foundation and just get money from them.
1: Yeah, and to, get, to garner sympathy from everybody.
0: Oh, yeah. he Yeah, he's just wanting to get in Tammy's pants. <laughs> no, so anyway, he's up there with a rainbow kite. So now we know that he's gay.
1: Oh, he's 100% gay. He's
0: so gay, but now in all seriousness, I, I, I do want to talk to you about, about this. No, but anyway, Mari's up a tree with a kite, but Brady has a kite.
1: And it's got a smiley face. Where have we seen that smiley face before? Uh, wasn't it the uh, last werewolf movie that we covered, The Howling? Yeah. Do you think that's on purpose? Uh, I was, I, that's actually in my notes where it's like this movie takes place in the same universe as Eddie the werewolf. From the howling, because the smiley face is there.
0: Okay, that is amazing. So Tammy probably just went and joined the colony then. Maybe so, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's awesome. That's so cool. Okay, I'm glad you knew that. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you knew that because I that's super cool to me. I love stuff like that. Okay, that's amazing. So okay, so that little little sticker that that's um, present throughout the howling, representing Eddie the werewolf. Spoiler alert is now uh, the kite that Brady is flying is a happy face, yellow kite.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if that's actually a nod to the howling. It's got to be, don't you think? What are the chances, Rob? It seems so like on the nose. It's right there. And it's like the same kind of smiley face. And I don't know, maybe that was just a thing they did in the 80s, but I've never seen anything like that.
0: I don't think so. To me, that's like too sheer coincidence.
1: Yeah, really. It feels like it.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, so Janie's, uh, thank you for humoring me with all that anyway, by the way. So uh, Janie like shows up on her bike and she's like, it's dinner time, Marty. <laughs> and so she's got to like help him down and she's like, I ought to let you fall. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did he get up there? I don't know. I, my, I'm assuming probably Brady helped him somehow, I guess. Um, hmm.
1: Yeah. I but then later on in the movie, I'm just going to jump ahead for a moment. We see him climbing out the window. The window. Yeah,
0: Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I get, well, I don't know. Maybe he's got like really good upper strength.
1: Yeah. You got to have tremendous like arm and core strength for that.
0: Or maybe this also exists in the same universe as the lost boys. And like Uh. swooped around
1: and helped them out too. We don't know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, cause vampires don't show up on film.
0: Right. Exactly. We don't know. Um, But so Brady stays back in the park.
1: Yeah. And uh, almost foreshadowing that, uh, Corey Haim looks back yes, almost longingly like, I'm about to lose my friend forever. My note says
0: Marty's spider-sense is tingling. Oh, okay. So you <laughs> notice yeah, that, that, too. Like, a little over-the-shoulder thing, like, it's almost like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. Alright, so now we're back at the bar. We spent a lot of time at the bar for, for this movie, to be honest with you, I think.
1: We're a couple of drunks.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, again, we got Andy, and he's all uh, inebriated and bitching. Um, And then um, he refers to the deputy as a a doughboy. And uh, he was saying the sheriff uh, is about as efficient as a uh, submarine with screen doors, (laughs) his (laughs) plan. And then uh, Herb, uh, Brady's dad, his name is Herb, Herb Kincaid. And he shows up looking for for Brady, wanting to know if anyone's seen his son. Has anybody seen my son? Yeah. Now Herb is played by Kent Broadhurst and two things I want to talk about. He was also from Silkwood, the amazing movie with um, uh, Meryl Streep and Cher and Kurt Russell. And then he was in The uh, the Dark Half, another Stephen King movie.
1: I I have seen that, The Dark Half.
0: Okay. So I just got to put that out there. Anyway, so Yeah, the dad shows up, and he's looking for Brady, but we already kind of know as viewers that Brady's probably not okay. So now we cut to the sheriff in the park, and he's saying his Hail Mary, and he's holding a bloody kite with a happy face on it, which, of course, belonged to Brady. Yes. And it's not a close-up, but we see kind of what we gather to be Brady's bloody remains in the gazebo in the park.
2: Mm.
1: And how does, uh, how does Herb get from the bar to, to where the sheriff is, is what I want to know.
0: I, I'm assuming that probably since the deputy was there, he probably got the call. Okay. That's my guess.
1: Yeah. Cause they um, really don't tell you that in the movie, like how, how he jumps from one sequence to yeah, the next. I think you're,
0: I think it's just deduction. Like, you know, he was probably already, cause if he's looking for a son, he's probably already, cause this. Okay, he's looking for his son. The sheriff was out looking for the son, so chances are he's already contacted the sheriff. That's why the sheriff is out. So probably the sheriff has contacted the deputy to let you know, him know he's found his son. Yeah, yeah. So that's my
1: guess. Good deduction. I mean, yeah, I seriously I was not thinking along those lines, and so it's like, how the hell oh, did he know where where his?
0: That, <laughs> that's what I assume. That's I just. Figured out that you know the fact that the sheriff was looking for him because otherwise, why would the sheriff even be looking for him if he didn't know that he was missing? Right. Is my guess I don't
2: accurate know. I could,
0: assumption? Um, I could. Oh, thank you. I could. I could be wrong. Um, it it may be Tammy. I don't know. Maybe Tammy's got something to do with it. Um, She's the werewolf. The werewolf. Um. So then now we're at the funeral. Um, for
1: Brady Kincaid. And did you ever see a more apathetic looking priest?
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you know we don't. Now, okay, I'm just going to put this out there. Did you know, can you remember the first time you saw this? Did you know who the werewolf was right away?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Okay. All right. Because they really don't show the, the reverend very much at the beginning of the film.
1: Right. You seem like peppered in here and there, but right, not right. too much. And this is really kind of the first
0: time where we get a lot of focus on the reverend. Um, he's like lit from candles from behind. Um, and I love that. <laughs> I love that the funeral uncle red is there and he's got, he pulls out his little flask. Like he's going to take a swig real quick. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, the priest is giving his little sermon. And he's talking about the face of the beast always becomes known and the time of the beast always passes and all this stuff. He's real focused on this beast talk. Um, and then, uh, at the end of this, uh, red takes Marty home with him.
1: Oh, but uh, are we going to talk? Did this happen or am I jumping out of sequence again where like the, the priest has the, the werewolf dream sequence.
0: You're out of sequence. You got to hang on a little bit. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you're correct. Just not at this funeral. Um, Yeah. Um, so, and then, um, this is where Marty gives his little theory that maybe it's a werewolf or something. Um, And then he's saying that, you know, Patty or I'm sorry, Tammy uh, heard noises in the greenhouse. Um, And then, you know, uh, Uncle Red's retort to this is that psychos are more active during the full moon. So, you know, (laughs) go with that as you will. Um, Lunatics. Lunatics. Yep. Lunatics. So now we're back at the bar. Um, (laughs) uh, And then Andy, he's stirring the pot and he's trying to get like all the all the people to like seek basically vigilante justice. Mm hmm the sheriff is just like, go home. Um, and then Andy's like, you know, the sheriff couldn't even catch a cold. And uh, that's when the sheriff is like, you're you're just wanting, um, you know, private justice. And you're basically going to form a lynch mob. And then um, Brady's dad, Mr. Kincaid shows up and he's like, he's over in the corner and he's like, shut up. And then he goes into his whole like little tirade about being grief stricken. And you know, you don't know what that is. His son was torn to pieces. Why don't you go up you know uh up to harmony hill and you dig up that body you you tell him what it means to to seek private justice
1: and might and i the, just say that that actor is really good looking like the grieving father Because oh yeah he's very good at this role yeah i found I, it totally believable like he looked on the verge of tears his lips oh were yeah. trembling and everything
0: yeah no i think that this um cast is very well done very well cast they, they do a very good job uh at portraying the characters that they're supposed to. I think they're very well cast.
1: Agreed. Um,
0: Except for Corey Haim. I'm still desperately want this to be Gary Coleman's. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, You're going to go back to that dead horse, huh?
0: (laughs) I just want it so bad. If I say it enough, it's going to make it happen. I just know it. Um, But anyway, so this just entices the mob to just, you know, head on out. And uh, the priest shows, or the reverend shows up, and he's like begging them not to go. And the sheriff is just like, you know, let him go. This, you're the one preaching community spirit, and this is what's going to happen. And, of course, you know, it's kind of dusk, and so we know night's about to fall. And the mob heads off into the
1: woods, and it's a full moon. Yeah. And and they walk into a patch of fog on the ground.
0: I love it. It's just a little patch, kind of like a little mist. Yeah. On the first. <laughs> yeah. And then.
1: <laughs> I call it the fog scene.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause eventually it does become the fog thing. Totally. They got their dogs and they, and again, <laughs> they got the bartender with his peacemaker bat. That's why we talked about it earlier.
1: Um, and didn't he say, or, or was that his wife where she's like, are you going to make lemonade in your pants?
0: Yeah, it wasn't him. It was another guy, but they both had uh, knit caps
1: on. So I could see why you would say that. Yeah. She's like, I even have
0: that. Are you going to make lemonade in your pants?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I found that to be the most hilarious thing I had heard the entire night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And of course, Andy's leading the pack. He's like telling like, you know, we got to do this one, you know, follow me one at a time. And the one guy steps in a bear trap like one, one time. And the other guy goes to like uh, open it and he hears a noise and it scares him. He lets it slam again on the guy's leg. <laughs> um, uh, and then they like because uh, they can't tell where the and they hear the wolf or the, something. They hear something. We know it's the werewolf, but they hear something. And uh, they, they like fan out in, like a skirmish line because they can't tell where he is in the fog because now it's just like all out full blown fog. Um, And then of course the random black guy, African-American guy, he's the first one to die. I noted that. Um, (laughs) And then the, the guy with the mustache, he gets like pulled down by the wolf hand and he comes up and his face is like shredded. Yeah.
1: He's got half a face. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then the guy with the the bartender with the peacemaker, he gets like bludgeoned to death with his own bat. I know
1: that was I I thought that was perfect. I'm like, I love that. What? You've never seen a werewolf who would break into another house and like kill somebody who's going to commit suicide. Right. And then then a werewolf who kills an attacker with his own weapon. (laughs) Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's uh, taking full advantage of what's around him,
1: isn't he? Absolutely. I mean, if I was a werewolf, I wouldn't use any of that shit. I would just, oh. I would start biting right. and scratching and stuff. Right.
0: Exactly. Well, it's almost like we were talking about with the howling where, uh, like, Eddie just chokes her.
1: Yeah, he's t- like, well, you're going to sit there and choke somebody when you can, like, knock their head off.
0: Right. Yeah, no, but yeah. So, so yeah, so he's using pretty much everything in his advantage to, like, tap <laughs> around with these people. Yeah. Um,
1: and I loved how they get pulled into the fog and then they come back up like it's a, like it's a water, like a yeah. water scene or something. And then they get yeah. dunked back under the fog.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool how he's kind
1: of like effing around with the whole. Yeah.
0: Um. So now this is where we get the dream sequence that we don't know it as a dream at first, but it comes into a dream sequence. So whose
1: funeral off. was, was he at the second time then? So it
0: was everyone that got killed.
1: Oh, I, okay. I thought
0: it was the kid's funeral. It was a funeral for everyone that got killed. Cause there was like all the caskets were aligned in front of him. So it starts out with like someone playing amazing grace on the, on the, um, Oh
1: organ. yeah, that's right. Okay. I made notes about that. Where the like, dude, church music, just, it really bothers me. And like, that oh, was no. a horror scene in itself when I see the people swaying from side to side. And I was like, Oh man, this is creepy as fuck.
0: Now this has nothing to do, but I've got to go here with you. Now that you brought that up, have you ever seen *Carnival of Souls*? No, I haven't. Okay, because the whole she's an organist, and that makes me. And, that, and like organ music is kind of predominant throughout that film, um, which was shot in Utah. Anyway, but like I had to go there with you. Anyone listening, it's a great movie. You need to check it out. So we're back on track. Um, <clears throat> but this is where like the sheriff is like giving him like kind of like the stink eye, and Herb is like kind of giving him a glare, and then. Before you know it, the, the gas attendant is like giving this like really, you know, evil look. And mm-hmm. then her like belts out. There's no comfort. There's only uh, private justice. He starts laughing. And then the whole congregation starts becoming werewolves.
1: Yeah, they start they growing teeth and getting all hairy and stuff. Yeah,
0: and then we clue in, oh, wait a minute. This is a dream. And the Reverend wakes up. He's like, dear God, let
2: it in.
1: So, yeah. And that's what, that's the point that, uh. The first time I saw it, at that point, I knew, you know, that it was the Reverend.
0: Well, I actually thought that it was like a rip in time. And he was actually referring to the Goldberg's TV show. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone on way too long. But anyway, so. um, (laughs) Oh, shit. So the next day we get Marty all upset because they canceled the fireworks.
2: And I,
1: I don't know. I thought that was kind of. Fucking stupid because he doesn't care. Or it seems like he doesn't give a shit about his friend who got torn to pieces, nor the fact that he lost his uh uh possibly girlfriend, but he just wants I want to see the fireworks, damn it
0: he does come across as to me as rather spoiled a bit
2: mm mm-hmm. yeah,
0: yeah, When it really should all be about whatever Janie wants because I love her so much. <laughs> But yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm like, well, I thought the same thing. I'm like, your friend's dead, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, so then we get the family barbecue. Um, but, and this, he does bring it up. He's like, you know, or, or um, he's like, monster killed Brady, canceled the fair and, and the fireworks. And then we got Red, his uncle Red. He's working on something in the garage and he hasn't shown him yet, but, you know, it'll come into play eventually. And then... <laughs> I love that Marty was bitching about uh, Janie showing off her tits like no one else has
1: ever had tits before. Oh, yeah. I thought that was funny, too.
0: (laughs) I just thought it was really weird. (laughs) Like, what kind of a... I never said that as a kid. I know. To me, you... I don't know. To me, you get these people writing things that they think that kids say, but I'm like, do kids really talk like this? I don't know. I just well, thought it was
2: really weird.
1: I mean we might talk like that to each other, but we definitely did not talk like that to any adult whatsoever. To your uncle. Yeah, especially. Like yeah. not you didn't <laughs> talk like that to family members.
0: <laughs> hey grandma, have you seen how big cousin Billy's cock is
1: My sister's walking around with her nipples hard or something. (laughs) You could cut glass with those things. Right.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I just thought that was weird. Anyway, so um, it's unveiled that what Uncle Red has been working on is the silver bullet, which is a super souped up. it's not even a wheelchair by this point, it's almost like a go kart or something.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's like a wheelchair wheel. Well, no, it doesn't even have wheelchair wheels, those are no. actually uh dirt bike tires.
0: Yeah, I mean, this thing is like souped up. Yeah, um, and my and then so Marty, you know, tries it out without a helmet, and in my notes, I put down, This is how your son dies. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, like, we we were they built us uh, tougher in the eighties, man. You know? I
0: guess he just like tears off down the road, and he's like weaving in and out of cars and stuff. <laughs> but anyway, and then he comes back, and and Red's laying in the uh, the driveway like he's dead because he gave him a heart attack. <laughs> um, but I do love Red. I mean, for all of his faults and everything, he seems like a very sweet man.
1: Yeah, to have somebody like that who's you know on your side, basically. It just i think it was well played, really well played,
0: yes, yeah 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 very yes i i can't I can't agree with you more, um, he just seems super sweet, um, and everyone has their faults, um mine is math, um so um, I don't do math do <laughs> um, <laughs> uh so that night we have bonding at the barbecue, um and then um i i gotta ask you this i i just why was, why did Janie have a friend there? Just because I guess, because nothing really came of it. She had a friend there. See? Yes, she did. She had a friend there. Um Wow. No, I did not even notice that. Yeah. Cause Rhett even acknowledges her. Um, But I'm like, cause I thought maybe, I remember the first time I saw this, I thought like she was gonna like maybe walk home alone or something and she was like gonna be more werewolf fodder, but nope, she just had a friend there and that was it. I guess to show that Janie had friends too, besides Marty, you know, but I don't know. But yeah, there was a girl there with her. She was a brunette.
1: That completely went maybe one eye and out the other. I don't know, because I yeah. did not see that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Oh, um, like, yeah. She didn't, she didn't serve any purpose because like, no, I didn't uh, even know she was there.
0: Nope. Nope. Um, but anyway, so Red gives him fireworks so he can do it later. In my mind, later was not that night. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, and and he's like, so no shithead can stop the fireworks. So they're going to keep this dream alive. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we're at later and this is what you were referring to earlier about the whole tree situation.
1: Yeah. He's a, okay. You completely paralyzed from the waist down.
2: Yes. Or Uh, so we're led to believe. mm -hmm,
1: Right. Yeah. And, but he can climb out his window and use tremendous upper body and core strength to climb down the, uh, I'm guessing that was an antenna.
0: Yeah. Cause it wasn't a trellis. It, it, it did look like an antenna and that, like vines had grown up cause it definitely was not a trellis. It was yeah. like a metal looking TV antenna of some sort. So
1: did you have any thoughts on this? Uh just the convenience of it. Like the, uh, the, con- the bike or not the bike, the silver bullet was conveniently parked right where he would drop his ass, you know, from the antenna out of his window. Uh, Maybe he pre-planned it. I don't know. But it was just like weird to see a paralyzed, basically 12-year-old climb out a window using only his arms and his core. (laughs) Well, Rob, why is he climbing out the window, though? So he can light off the fireworks. Where at, though? Uh, Whatever that bridge thing was. Mm-hmm. Now, what time is this? When is this taking place? I'm assuming this is like after everybody went to bed. So it's probably like around one or two in the morning.
0: Yeah. And in my notes, I wrote what the actual fuck. <laughs> you know, there's a werewolf. You can't. You are so bound and determined to shoot off fireworks that you're going to climb down in the middle of the night where no one knows you're going. And you're going to go to this lame ass bridge and light fireworks, knowing full where there's a wolf out there.
1: Yeah, you're the, the one who hell? came up with a werewolf theory. Yes. I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? It was the 80s. It was a simpler
2: time.
0: Oh, God. So, okay, so. Yeah, that was one moment. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, so. So he's on the bridge. and He's lying in the little fireworks. Do you, do you want to explain what happens? Or do you want me to?
1: Oh sure, I'll take it. Uh-uh, so uh, Rob. it's like he's he's sitting in his silver bullet, he's got the bag of fireworks and he's doing them off one by one and everything and uh the Reverend Werewolf is you know on the other side of the bridge somewhere near the water side and he's just watching him and he's just like uh I don't know slowly getting closer from the camera's perspective I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and then we see Marty coming to his final uh, piece de resistance, as I would call it, which is the rocket that uh, his Uncle Red had told him to save for last.
2: Yeah, Uh that's when
1: (laughs) that's when Reverend Wolf decides to uh, go full sprint on Marty. And uh, Marty freaks out, tries to light the match, eventually does and sends the rocket flying right into the eye of the wolf. Yes. And then he looks at the hell out of
0: Yeah, him. he tears off. <laughs> and then, so he makes it home. And I have in my notes this is where Marty climbs in the window with shit filled
1: underwear. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be too far off. I would definitely shit my pants and probably piss myself <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I definitely would have made fudge and lemonade. Yeah, lemonade. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I do want to say this. You said Reverend Werewolf, but Marty does not he just knows that they werewolf. We know we, you know, from watching the movie, but he has zero clue who the werewolf actually
1: is. Right. And so yeah. he uh talks his sister into into believing him. Uh somehow I don't know how he convinces her. I guess yeah. uh, you know, when you're young, you're stupid. Right. So um, yeah. Yes. So So, she's looking for a man with one eye.
0: Yes. Hang on to that. Hang on to that. So he first first he calls Red, and he's drunk in bed with some woman.
1: Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that
0: scene. Yeah, he's not having any part of this story. Um, But then Marty tells Janie, and there's something like in his conviction that she's like, I don't believe it, but I believe you believe it.
1: Right, right. So that's when go for it. That go for it, Rob. What you were explaining, and so then she, you know, maybe in an effort to kind of prove him wrong or be on to err on the side of caution, to look for a person in town who is uh, who has an injured eye,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because he says he, you know, shot that rocket right into the wolf's eye, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Oh, which is hilarious yeah, exactly.
1: because I'm also I'm thinking about the ending of the movie, too. right now. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, she so she goes on a um, undercover mission, collecting cans and bottles throughout the town mm-hmm. um, looking for a person with an injured eye.
0: Yes. And so she's got a little push cart, which I love. It's basically a shopping cart she's pushing around. Um, and I even like that she goes to the barbershop and the and Andy, the hateful vigilante drunk Andy, has his face all wrapped up and she even like uncovers that just to check.
1: Yeah, she's like, all right, uh, if we're going to do this, we're going to go all the way here.
0: Yeah. And then so uh, do you want to keep going or you want me to take over? Um, that's either or. It's fine. You, go ahead. You go, Rob.
1: OK, so um, after the. Like after the barbershop, she doesn't stop any more places. She goes right to the reverend's house, correct? Correct. And he's working in the yard. Okay. And so she doesn't see it from her perspective, but we as the viewers see that uh, the reverend has uh, gauze over his eye or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she goes into the garage to sort the cans out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And does she trip and fall and knocked a bunch of cans... Oh, no, she sees a mouse. Oh, she sees a mouse, yep. freaks out, falls mouse. backward into the cans, mm-hmm. and then in the pile of cans, she finds the Peacemaker chewed to shit. Yep. Busted up from hitting the bartender. <laughs> which is, there's no blood on it, though, That which is odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was washed off by the fog. Oh, okay, oh. yeah. The, the fog cleaned up real nice.
0: Right, right. Now... What I love is like, oh, so, and then basically
1: the reverend comes in and he's got her pretty much cornered in the garage. Right. And and she's staring directly into his one eye, one good eye. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, so, I love this whole thing because it's like, does he know that Marty said anything to her? So there's that thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's that whole where she's drenched in the realization that, oh, my God, my brother has at least told me somewhat of the truth. And then if it really is a wolf, that's like, how do, would you even deal with that? And then he's like, do you want to come inside? You look upset. Do you want me? And she's like, I'm going to go. He's like, do you want to ride home? And she's like, no, I can walk. <laughs> and then he's like, well, give my best to your brother. So then it's like, I know that he knows that all of that is just like primo to me. I like.
1: Yeah, and the way he says "give my best to your brother," I yeah. thought it was like right at that point. It was like, okay, this—he uh, knows that he knows something's up.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. I—I I just, if that were to really happen in real life, you know, again with werewolves being real, like that would just be like, oh, that would send chills down your spine. And again, you would make lemonade.
1: Right. A whole yeah. lot of lemonade. A whole lot of fudge.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So then, uh, Janie, of course, books it back home. And then Marty, Marty has a plan to start sending hostage, like hostage, <laughs> like threat notes with little letters cut out of magazines, glued to pieces
1: of paper. Can I just say wherever they got that typewriter to make that, I want to buy it. <laughs>
0: no joke. <laughs> no joke. And then, so they do this for like three days in a row. And then, um, then they finally tell red what they've been doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Red's like, are you insane? yeah yeah he's like so you've been telling the reverend to
0: gargle with broken glass or eat a poison omelet <laughs> and then he's like oh you say he called, he's like uh he says basically like the hardy boys meets the reverend werewolf yeah and then but i do love see this is why i love this man and then we flip to them sitting in the car spying on the reverend
1: like right he's,
0: still, he's like you know what i, I i'll still go along with you on this stuff it seems like you know craziness but i I'll, I'll still humor you guys that's that's what
1: I love. Yeah, because he's like, I don't believe you a hundred percent, but maybe there's a grain of truth to what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and then, oh, go ahead. Maybe, maybe the the Reverend is a child predator or something like that. Just yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: crazy, yeah. And then Janie's like, I know that what she's like, I know what I saw, and she's like, the garage smelled like an animal, an animal's den.
1: And so he's kind of like,
0: mm, maybe there's something to this,
1: right? Yeah. So then- uh, they they do stake out the good old Reverend. Mm-hmm. and then we get marty at the baseball game yeah which is weird because it okay so i guess the the filmmaker dino de Laurentiis or whoever is trying to get show us the fact that marty is lamenting the fact that he cannot play baseball with all those leg shots you know
0: i wrote the same thing okay i was even gonna i was gonna ask you about that yeah yeah exactly or, but it was weird that they had pantyhose on. Did you think this was almost like a weird, like a uh, product placement for legs?
1: Pantyhose? Yeah, I was, I thought it was for legs as well. Yeah.
0: No, I'm <laughs> glad you wrote that. Cause I thought the same thing. Cause I'm like, i have never really noticed that before this watch. And I'm like, they're really focusing on the boy's legs in particular. Pantyhose.
1: Right. And yeah. like the first, my first go around watching it, I did not pay any mind to that. But then not this one, it's like, you see him and he's got like that look on his face And then it cuts the camera to like, you see uh, boys running in the legs. Maybe they just like young boys at that point. I don't know.
0: I don't think this was the director of Creeper's Creeper. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry, that was bad. Um, (laughs) Oh, shit. But then I do like the kids, you know, the kids were like, you know, after the game, they're like, hey, you want to join us afterwards? We're going to do this. You know, it's not like he was ostracized or anything. Um, They make it very clear that Marty, you know, he's still part of the community. It's not like, Oh, he's different. He's a freak,
1: you know? Yeah, he was well-liked.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, for being a spoiled brat. Um, (laughs) Who gets anything he wants at the price of Janie's happiness. Um, But then he's like, no, I'm just going to head home. But I love the scene because we're looking at, as viewers, we're looking at Marty watching the game, but behind him, there's like a little building and we see the Reverend's car kind of like creep up behind
1: Oh, yes, and the that reverend has that look on his face once again. Where It's like, oh, yeah, I can't even exactly. describe that look, but it's no. like, it's, it's like, I'm mad at you and I'm going to F you up. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, it's almost it, It's in between pure disgust and just like, I don't give a fuck.
0: Ex- ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Much like I feel when I watch the Goldberg.
1: Um. <laughs> Another Goldberg reference here.
0: I really want the show canceled anyway. Um, so we got, uh, um, Marty in his new silver bullet and he's heading home. Ah, yes. The chase scene. The chase scene. Yep. And so, um, do you want to go over the chase scene or want me to do it? Uh you go for it. Okay. So basically, you know, uh, at first he doesn't really realize that he's even being followed. Um, the, um, and and it boosts up the, the tension and, and we got the chase going on, um, and then uh, we get a truck like kind of heading uh, straight for the reverence car, so they kind of swerve out of the way of that. Um, then we see that the, he's he's going to run out of gas, almost like the foreshadowing of earlier when we mentioned that how little seeds are like dropped of like things to to, to happen later. Yeah, and uh, this
1: time he's not uh, lucky enough to be close to the gas station. No,
0: yeah, and and so. Uh, then we come up to the sign where he's going to be uh, coming up to an unsafe condemned bridge and uh, the reverend's tire gets stuck in the dirt and silver bullet stalls on a covered bridge. And then you see the reverend's car approaches and the reverend gets out. And, um, uh, you know, Marty's still stuck in there. And the reverend's like, sorry about this. I, he would never willingly hurt a child. And then he talks about suicide as the greatest sin. And um, Stella was going to commit suicide. And he calls Marty like a meddling little shit. And then, yeah. we hear, you know, he's getting closer and closer. And then we hear a tractor outside and uh, Marty starts screaming for Mr. Thinerman, um, which I thought was interesting because, you know, uh, Stephen King's got the book out called
1: thinner. And I was wondering if that was a reference. I to- was just about to say that's like thinner man. Thinner. Yeah. You're so cool. I love that about you, Rob. You <laughs> think a lot. Um, but
0: anyway, so, you know, the Reverend kind of hears this and books it out of there and, you know, the Mr. Thinnerman looks in there. He's like, it's kind of spooky in there. <laughs> Yeah. And then, so that's kind of the end of that. He, you know, kind of makes it out of there by the skin of his teeth.
1: Yeah. Which is now he said, um, okay. So he, apparently the Reverend killed sinners. What did the, what did the boy with the kite do?
0: I see that's where I don't really know, but this, this is why I told you to bring up what you were talking about earlier with the whole, uh, uh, pregnant lady and like you know, did he save her? Did he help her get to the pearly gates and that kind of thing?
2: Uh, Because in his mind,
0: you know, I think that's what he was doing in a weird, twisted way. But yeah, so what would I don't I don't really even know how that comes in play with like Brady or the first killing, the man who was drinking. I you know I don't really
1: know. Well, maybe he just doesn't like people imbibing
0: alcohol. But maybe, but how? But I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't really. I to me, I almost think that that would. I think he's just
1: kind of making excuses for things in his mind. Yeah. Oh, well, I did have it. I did have it in my notes where, let's see, hold on, if I can find this now. Oh, like the priest being such a baby. He's like, it's not my fault. I didn't ask for this. You know, that kind of thing. I would never willingly uh, hurt a child, but yet he's, Doing all this shit, and it just seems like he's making excuses, like you said. Oh, totally.
0: Yeah. So let's do this, but not for long. What if Brady wasn't killed by the Reverend, but this actually transpired before Eddie was dead? And he was actually killed by Eddie.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So that would actually tie in two movie murders together. Wouldn't that be weird? It would. We can't do this. This is a whole nother podcast. So we're going to move on. <laughs> this is the the what if podcast, on. right?
0: Right. The what if. All right. So um, now we've got Red, and he's actually talking to the sheriff. Um, and you know, Red still the mindset that it's easier to believe this—the fact that it was the Reverend, without the werewolf part. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Reverend asked Janie. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Red asked Janie, like, what color was was the car? And Janie's like blue, this color blue, um, like what's on the the silver bullet. So like red's finding this whole story easier to swallow.
1: Yeah, especially about the especially the fact that you know the Reverend would try to run down a little boy, a crippled little boy, at that. Exactly. Well, it is Corey Um
0: <laughs> So so that night, because you don't want to do this during the day.
1: Now, nah, you never want to do anything during the
0: day. No, you always want to look for clues when you can barely see. So that night, the Reverend, or I'm sorry, um, uh, the sheriff decides to go check out the Reverend. Um, and so he's kind of looking around the property, knocks on the door and no one answers because, you know, no one's going to answer the door. If they know you're looking for them. And so he's walking around the perimeter, takes a look in the window. And then he decides, hey, I'm just going to unlawfully open this garage and go inside.
1: Yeah, because you could do that kind of stuff back then.
0: Sure you could. Um, We've all seen Walking Tall. Um, (laughs) And so he's got his flashlight and he's checking out the car. And then that's when he kind of puts two and two together because the car's damaged, it has got the scrapes, and he's like, oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: wasn't it silver? Excuse me. Wasn't it silver from silver paint from the uh, silver bullet? Exactly. Yep, yep. (laughs) And then
0: (laughs) then (laughs) he's just going to like, go even further and he enters that back
1: room <laughs> where he uh, finds the peacemaker uh, yep uh-huh
0: and then what else does he find um the reverend really the reverend I thought he was behind him no the reverend, the reverend is kind of in that room and he stands up oh shoot
1: See the, from my perspective when I was watching I thought the reverend popped up behind him after he saw peacemaker
0: yeah no, and then he's got the, and then again he doesn't really like attack the reverend as a wolf per se. He just starts bludgeoning him with the
1: peacemaker. Yes, <laughs> but he he, I wish you hadn't come here, sheriff. Right, um,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: and then he's he, the sheriff witnesses him uh, turning again. We got this uh, sequence of a transformation sequence, mm-hmm. but he hits him with the bat.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, he hit him with the bat first before he really started transforming. So we can't really blame the sheriff for just standing there and waiting because he really kind of was hit in the head first.
1: Okay, so he was just uh, maybe he had a he was a little bit concussed,
0: right? Yeah, he wasn't like everyone else where they just stand there and wait. Like he it was not the uh, the Terry syndrome where you just stand there and, and wait for everything to
1: happen. Yeah, it's like hold on, I'm almost done. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what that lawn chair in the corner is for. (laughs) Just sit sit down. It'll be another 30 to 40 minutes.
0: Yeah. There's sodas in the cooler. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's a new day and we've got, uh, I I put the trio. So I'm talking about Red and Janie and Marty. Um, And now they realize that the sheriff is missing.
1: (laughs) And uh, they make the plan to uh, somehow, I don't know whether... Marty and Janie went to the library and they sussed out some facts about werewolves. That's like some werewolves can change at will. And they, they gain more power during the night of the full moon, which is the night that of Halloween. Um, and so it's like the reverend's not going to attack them when he's at half power. He's going to wait until he's fully wolfed out and uh, attack them on Halloween night during the full moon.
0: Yeah, I did like this because, um, well, I, th- you know what? And that refers back to the the, the uh, Stephen King novella because it's the cycle of the wolf. They're like stages where he is not just one full moon that allows for the for you to have a werewolf on multiple nights.
2: Okay. Obviously,
0: you know. Um, that makes more I, sense to me now. I hope I did not sound like a know-it-all because that was not my intent. Where I'm going with this is that way as a filmmaker – you don't have to just have all the werewolf attacks on a full moon. You actually have a uh like a person who could turn into a creature more often than once or twice a month.
1: So that right. allows for more attacks. Yeah, that makes more like, sense.
0: Yeah. But what I do like is how they kind of play like fast and loose with the werewolf mythology, like they're like, oh, a silver bullet, which is mythology, will work. But the werewolf doesn't just need a full moon to transform. So they're like picking and choosing what will work for the story, which <laughs> I like actually. It doesn't bother me.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like that explanation because I was trying to figure out, um, you know, is he, does he only gain some aspects of the, of the beast while, you know, before those full moon periods, whereas on the full moon, He loses himself completely and doesn't know what he's doing and just, you know, attacks willy nilly where, you know, when he's uh, cogent enough um, and he's got an aspect of the beast, he's not fully turned. And he does those killings because he thinks he's doing the Lord's work.
0: Right. Which brings us back to the very beginning of the movie where the very first shot is a full moon. Mm -hmm. So by what you're saying, he probably had no control whatsoever over killing the very first man uh, on the train
1: tracks. Yeah, he might have just wolfed out, you know, running around uh, fucking things and killing things, you know, that kind of shit. I like how you made, you just
0: went with sex first.
1: (laughs) Well, killing and, uh, yeah, fucking and killing. (laughs) Oh, man, I I had that backwards, didn't I?
0: (laughs) Oh, gross. Now you went like necrophilia. Yeah,
1: necrophilia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we've got... um, so, yeah, we got the theory that, the like you said, like the kids think that, it's, you know, it will definitely be, you know, when the full moon falls on Halloween um, because he'll be at his strongest. And Red still thinks they're crazy, but he's, again, willing to go along with this. So he takes um, uh, Marty's medallion and Janie's crucifix uh, to an, uh, an ammo shop and um, he has the uh, gunsmith melt it down. And I love the line that like his nephew's into the silver or to the Lone Ranger. So he wants a silver bullet because of that. And um, the gunsmith isn't really buying that, but he still makes the silver bullet for him. And he he goes on about how accurate the bullet's going to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's like, Oh, I don't plan on using it. Not unless it's a werewolf.
0: Yeah. I love that. But yeah, I, I do like how like even adults are still like kind of into the whole mythos of
1: it. Yeah. And according, according to Janie, he was an old world craftsman. He wasn't just a, a gun shop owner.
0: He was a wizard of
1: weaponry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, again, one of the worst stripper names I ever used because I wasn't a wizard, nor did I, could I perform with weaponry.
1: So it was a bad one. (laughs) Anyway. I'm just thinking of like Harry Potter and magic wands now. Uh, As you
0: kind of should, but yeah, my wand. See, when people think wand, they're thinking at least 12 inches and yeah. Anyway. So, on the next night of the full moon, it's Halloween, and the parents have won a trip to New York for the weekend.
1: Interesting. Convenient. they
0: stay at the plaza. How convenient is that? Yeah, a romantic trip for two. But for some reason, they can't have trick-or-treaters, which I'm like, really? What's up with that?
1: Yeah, they just stayed in the entire night watching horror movies, but nobody yeah. came to their door. Well, the mom even said that. She's like, don't let
0: any trick-or-treaters come. And I'm like, why? Anyway. Um, I, I wonder if they did that like the movie maker did that just so we wouldn't have any kids like showing up just, just kind of like get that out of the way.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe.
0: Not on the table. We're just going to address it. So we don't have kids coming. I I don't know. I wondered that. I'm like, why was that specifically addressed?
2: Yeah. Cause, and, it,
1: cause it's like uh what, we don't want to show the crippled boy trick or treat or something like that. You know, Well, I
0: wonder if it was like, that way we don't have to do, yeah, well, we don't have to have scenes of like them answering the door again and again to hand out candy. Or we don't have to have, you know, other characters involved in this. I don't know. I just wonder if it was like a time saver.
1: Maybe, yeah. I don't know.
0: Anyway, so, and then, so it's later that night and they're all asleep. And like you said, they were watching TV and then we got the tea back. There was a time, boys and girls, when the TV stations would go off the air.
1: Oh, yeah. After midnight, they would play the national anthem and uh, Mm -hmm. everything would get all staticky. Yep. Yep. And so
0: a red cigarette burns his fingers and he wakes up and it's, uh, was it 10 to 3 in the morning? He's like, I'm over this. It's time to go to bed.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But they were already sleeping.
0: (laughs) They were already (laughs) sleeping, but they need to go to bed to sleep. He's done with this shit. (laughs) Wake up. It's time to go to sleep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I used to hate that, though. Did you ever do that, like, fall asleep on the couch and then you're like, I gotta go to bed, but I can't get off this couch.
1: Yeah, because you're so tired. You're like, I'm just gonna be here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But then anyway, Janie spies the werewolf outside the window, which, I gotta say, you know the werewolf is gonna come. Why the hell are the curtains open?
1: (laughs)
2: Close (laughs) those
1: Plot device. Plot device. Yeah.
0: No. No, but anyway, so she spies the werewolf and she freaks out, and then um, oh wait a minute, did we tell this wrong?
2: No, 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 no did no. we no, miss something?
0: something? No, I'm I'm worried about the order, but I have it written down. Okay. So um, so Red's got the uh, so Red's got the gun, and then um, he gets up to close the curtains, and then Marty's like, oh, that gun almost went off, and so Red's like, you know, s- screw this. He takes out the bullets, and then the power goes out. Or the bullet. They only have one bullet, by the way.
1: Right. Uh, two it, uh, two medallions, and with the chains and everything, only were able yeah. to create one silver bullet. Yeah, exactly. So that
0: the power's out, and Red's like, don't freak out. And I'm like, what the hell? So pretty much, even if you don't think it's a werewolf, you're at least giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's the reverend. The other two know for a fact it's a werewolf. The lights have gone out. She said she saw the werewolf. And you've already taken out the bullet and you're yelling, don't panic.
1: Right. If there was ever a time to panic, it would probably be right then and there.
0: Exactly. So the werewolf breaks in through the, like the wall.
1: Yeah. He didn't use no window. He just came straight yeah. through the wall.
0: And he slaps the gun and the bullet out of, out of, uh, Red's hands.
1: And it um, conveniently, the bullet lands in, in the vent of some in sort the
0: Vent, Yeah. Lends in, lands in a vent. Thankfully it's not a deep vent, but it goes in the vent. The gun goes sliding away. He's, like, throwing, like, Janie around the room. He throws Red around the room.
1: Into a uh, clock.
0: Yeah, into a clock. And then, like, uh, uh, Marty's trying to get the, the uh, bullet out of the vent. And then uh, Janie's trying to get the gun. Um, they get the gun Janie's loaded.
2: got a gun. Oh,
0: very good. I didn't even think to go there. Good on you. Um, and then uh, this actually goes, like, very quickly, I thought, all of this.
1: Yeah, this uh, the, this part here, it was almost as though they were kind of pressed for time. They're like, all right, we got to wrap this shit up.
0: Exactly. Which is, I wonder why they cut the trick-or-treaters. He's like, we ain't got a time. To <laughs> um, so anyway, they get the gun loaded. And Rob, what happens from there?
2: Um,
1: in a thing that probably wouldn't surprise anybody considering that he already fired a bottle rocket into the werewolf's one eye. Uh, He fires the gun and it goes in directly into his other eye. (laughs) Right into it. (laughs) And of course, uh, uncle red is knocked out by this point. He's just coming to as uh, the Mr. Reverend werewolf, as I like to call him is going back to his human form, which we see, Like hair receding back into the body and nails going, (laughs) yeah, growing backwards and all that good stuff. But I guess, uh, Uncle Red catches it mid transformation where he's almost fully human now, but he's still got kind of a doggy face, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, now, but Marty's not okay because he said his legs don't work and he can't walk. So that just proves my theory that all along he was a shyster and he was playing it for sympathy. But now he's finally got his comeuppance and he really cannot walk now.
1: Because he was stringing everybody along and then he got slapped by the werewolf into somewhere and just like it paralyzed him.
0: Mm -hmm. And karma is a bitch, boys and girls. It is. It really is. Now, I do need to ask you about this. And I don't know when this happened. But at some point in time, I'm thinking in the 80s. They felt the need to slap really obnoxious songs at the end of horror movies that had nothing to do with the horror movie and Oh this yeah, one, was one of the worst bad end credit songs ever.
1: I didn't listen to it. I kind of fast forwarded through the end credits, so I wanted to know if it was
0: your favorite song, and do you dance around to it like with a hairbrush and like lip sync into it what was outside, it I could see you doing that What was it? Oh, I don't know. It was so god-awful. I don't even know who sang it or what it was, but it was so bad, Rob. I'm like, why? I don't know why they do that. You don't see <laughs> this, like, upbeat, happy, cheery song at the end of a horror movie. I don't know why they do that. It drives me crazy.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't oh. know. As soon as as uh, as soon as the scene ended and I saw the credits roll, I just fast-forwarded it right to the end.
0: Oh, it. I, it's horrible,
1: but I, I
0: do just kind of want you to hear a little bit of it at some point, just for fun sometime when you've got nothing else to do with your life, listen to a snippet of it because it's god awful. It's horrible.
1: <laughs> Taking care of business. Uh, it's, yeah, it's so cheesy.
0: It's it's so bad. It's so bad.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, anyway. I'm going to have to, like, I'll check that out later and see what song they played. Yeah, It's painful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so Silver Bullet, Rob. Fan? not fan
1: what oh oh, definitely a fan this is one of the gems from my childhood and I think it it will always remain so that's
0: awesome I did did, I'm sorry did we talk about this when did you first see this was this with your friend is that what you said
1: yeah okay because we were like we were around 10 or 11 so it's probably 1986 I believe okay uh not long after it came out correct yeah, probably not that long because that's when, yeah. like, that's, yeah, that's when the show came on Fox and they were doing werewolves and stuff. And so we were, like, heavily into that. That's
2: awesome.
1: Uh, Are you still friends with this gentleman? Uh, no, I have not seen him in about 20 years or more.
0: Okay. I was just curious. I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. You know, life
0: changes, people change. Right. You changed it to a werewolf. He did not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then he's, uh, he's a little bitter about that. He didn't get chosen to become a werewolf, you know? Exactly.
0: Right. Yes. All right. And I love this movie too. I, I You know what? I was thinking about it and because you brought it up when we were talking about the howling and, you know, American werewolf and then this one. Mm-hmm. I, Think for me, and I do love this movie. Like this is one of those movies that, like, I'm like, I like Silver Bullet, and then I watch it, and I'm like, I love this movie. But then, like, after it's over, and like, you give me some time, I'm like, yeah, I like it. But like, I love The Howling, and I'm I I I'll always have that knee jerk reaction. I love it, and I love American War of London. I always have that knee jerk reaction. I love it. Mm-hmm. But this one, as I'm watching it, I fall in love with it all over again. But then when it's over and done, it kind of like subsides, but it's still a great movie. Yeah. I think what it is with the other two is they feel a little bit more adult
1: to me. Oh, definitely. This one is almost, well, I, I don't want to say that The Lost Boys is um, very juvenile, but I will say that it's more like, it's kind of like The Goonies meets Vampires. Um. Whereas, like, the howling is, it takes place in a completely adult world where, you know, people are doing adult things. Yes. And this one, you've got Corey Haim at about like 10 years old or whatever he is, and he's uh, fighting a werewolf. So it just seems, it's a little bit different. It's almost like striding that line between adult and kids' movie.
0: Yes. But also for me, with those two, because they came out, earlier like 81 they also had like sexuality to them
1: ah yes
0: and I think when I saw them it struck like a different chord with me and for some reason I have a more um like a visceral reaction to those films
1: if that makes any sense at all yeah, that does. I can understand that. Yeah, and plus you I, were you were at a different age than me. Like where you were exactly. probably nineteen years old where I was, you know, ten or eleven. So
0: Yeah. Well, I was I think I was a little younger because I was born in sixty seven. But anyway, but it's just I I don't want people to have listened to the other show and feel like I'm like poo pooing on this one or anything. Because this one is a top notch fantastic werewolf movie. It's, it is just as good as the other two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I, 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 I sincerely hope people watch this. I really love this movie quite a bit. It's just a very different feel.
1: Yeah, if or you've me. never seen it, I would definitely oh. recommend checking it out because it is one of those 80s gems and it's got, it's got a lot of good stuff in
0: it. Oh, wholeheartedly, yes. If you're Stephen King fans, if you're werewolf fans, um, you, you need to see this. You need to have this in, in your life for sure.
1: And even though the werewolf looks a little goofy, uh, the practical effects were still not lacking in this movie. Oh, no, no, not at all. No, 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 not at all. Mm-mm.
0: Now, before we end on this one, real quick, have you seen the movie Bad Moon? It's another werewolf movie. Is that with Kevin Sorbo? It's got Mariel Hemingway. Um, I don't, maybe, let me look it up really quick here. But we were, we were mentioning other movies. I'm like, I need to bring this one up too. Let me see. Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. I, I'm going to say no.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of a different one than, um, this one, Mariel Hemingway. Um,
0: there's not a, um, uh, I don't know if she's just divorced or if it's even mentioned, but it's her and her son and her brother comes to live on their property with them. kind of like out in the woods. And he's mm-hmm. staying, uh, not in their house, but on a, in a trailer on their property.
1: Okay, no, definitely did that does not okay. ring a bell. I didn't you, see that. You would enjoy
0: this one. And we might we may even want to cover it at some point because it is it's from ninety-six. Okay. Um, but it's a werewolf movie I think you would like.
1: Yeah. Hell, I like Wolf Cop, so you know? Oh my god, I love both of those. <laughs> oh so I'm a big I, wolf cop. there I've seen some bad werewolf movies, but I I mean I've also seen some incredibly great ones.
0: Oh yeah. I'll you know what? Well, almost any movie I watch, but yeah, werewolf movies. I will, I'm down for werewolf movies, no matter good or bad or ugly or what have you.
1: And I know a lot of people hated dog soldiers, but I, I fell in love with that. Oh, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that one too. Yeah, nope.
0: so, um, I guess next time we chat, we're going to be. I've talked you into watching demons or demoni,
1: yes, and I actually. Now, I don't want to uh, jinx myself, but I was able to find it on YouTube. Somebody had uploaded it uh, in HD, no less. Well, that's so awesome. I am going to be jumping on that and watching it ASAP, even though we'll be covering that next time.
0: Okay. And that's, of course, by Lamberto Baba. So if you guys want to watch it beforehand, you, you've got the heads up. Um, and then we'll talk about it. We'll see if Rob still talks to me after we're done. With
1: it. <laughs> let's, let's hey, I think I will always, man. I, I mean, even after that Rawhead wreck shit, you pull. Oh. <laughs> well, that wasn't you. That was Bobby Anthem. So sorry, I got, I got place to place the blame squarely on the shoulders of Bobby Anthem. Oh, <laughs> sexy Rawhead wrecks. Oh,
0: okay. man. And then, so um, if you want to get in contact with us, which I would love for that more than anything, if people would reach out and talk to us, um, uh, at Instagram, we are Midnight Mass Creature Cast.
1: Yeah, and, then, and um, uh, if you want to get in contact with us through the old-fashioned way now, which is not actually old-fashioned, but some people don't like sending emails anymore, that's mmccpod at com. All
0: right, and I, I think I speak for both of us, but I am so sincerely glad that you joined us for this conversation.
1: Were you talking to me?
0: Well, I'm talking to our...
1: Oh, (laughs) I thought you were waiting on a response from me. I was like, of course I'm going to join you for this conversation. (laughs) Suddenly you get
0: all taxi driver.
1: You talking to me? (laughs) You must be talking to me. I don't see nobody else around here.
0: No, I'm very... I I always love talking to you, but I'm very very glad that they joined us, and I hope they stick around for more episodes.
1: Yeah, I hope so, too, because we have a lot more in the pipeline.
0: Yes, we do. All right, so I am going to bid you adieu because the moon is full and these clothes are getting very binding and it might kind of itching from the fur coming out. All right, I'll talk to you later, Rob.
2: All right, you take care.
0: Okay, bye.